0: Welcome to Advance Your Belly Dance, a weekly podcast all about the business of belly dance. I'm your host, Jana, and every week you'll get belly dance business tips you wish your dance teacher told you when you first started. From how to start your first email marketing list to what you actually need on your website and everything in between. Let's get started. This week, I'm speaking to Siobhan, who is a multi award winning belly dancer and is the founder of Greenstone Belly Dance. Her love of music is equaled only by her love of movement, making belly dance her perfect match. Siobhan takes a particular interest in the health, strength, and performance of dancers, as she's not only a professional belly dancer, but also an exercise scientist. She conducted the first ever peer-reviewed scientific research concerning injury incidents and in ballet dancers, and has a decade of experience working with athletes and dancers across the globe, helping them to recover from injury and improve their performance. Hope you enjoyed this interview, and thanks for listening. everybody. Welcome to Advance Your Belly Dance, a weekly podcast all about the business of belly dance. I'm excited to have another awesome dancer this week. Welcome, Siobhan. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks. So uh, just quickly, I read the your intro at the top of this episode, but um, just to say in your own words, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and what you do?
1: Sure. Um so I'm Siobhan. I'm originally from New Zealand but I'm based in the Netherlands at the moment and I run two businesses and one of them is Greenstone Belly Dance so I have my dance school and then I also run um, a business where I specialize in athletic performance and rehab Um, and yeah I've kind of been doing both of these things together nonstop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they feed into each other sometimes as well so I also write personalized strength and conditioning programs for dancers as well so yeah that's what I do
0: I was gonna ask I didn't know you had two separate businesses because for me everything that I found when I did my research about you online is everything is like in one and I love the combination yeah it fits in really well and you're also from one of my favorite countries, New Zealand. I've never been, but I adore a prime minister. So if oh, New Zealand will have I know. me, will come. <laughs> that is my plan B if Germany yeah. does not work
1: out. <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, definitely over the pandemic, I have missed home a lot more when I see how well it's been handled. I just called a friend there last night. They're living totally normal lives, yeah. you know, because there's no COVID. <laughs> yeah. Must be nice, but to get back
0: to you, but, and so, um, you were actually originally an exercise scientist and as you mentioned, a strength and conditioning coach, how did you find yourself in that field and how did you transition then to become a belly dancer?
1: Yeah. So uh, again, it's kind of this thing where there wasn't really ever a transition because I've always done both. Um, but well, kind of in the beginning there was, so I, started out as a youth athlete and I was particularly an endurance sport I was doing a crazy sport called adventure racing which is kind of like triathlon but it's off-road and you navigate yourself so lots of mountain running mountain biking kayaking mm. um but the running was my my forte and my favorite part um and so I was I was about 16 at the time and um I ended up really injured from overtraining because at the time I was young, I didn't know anything about principles of exercise science or programming. I just trained. And so when that happened, I remember very strongly feeling that I never wanted to be injured again in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I went off and I started some alongside high school. I started a tertiary level certificate in improving sports performance. And I, I was really lucky to have a, a great sports scientist who'd worked with um English Premier League football there so he really inspired me and then I decided to go to university so actually as a result of the injury I couldn't run for a while and that was Mm -hmm. when I ended up taking up belly dance and I just fell in love with it Um, but I was going to university for exercise science anyway and so just continued with it yeah in parallel really. And how
0: has your work been perceived as an exercise scientist and using the strength and conditioning techniques and advice how has that been perceived in the belly dance community did you get any pushback at first or did you have people wondering why should I do this why should I cross train or or has it been welcoming
1: um yeah it's actually interesting you ask that so the first um I did I did a research well my whole thesis actually for my first degree was, um, on injury incidents and risk factors for injury in belly dancers. Mm. And when I presented that to the, um, the New Zealand belly dance community, I did get some pushback and I did get some pushback when I was collecting data. And this was coming from kind of, I think for some people, people who were subscribing to that idea of belly dance being, um a healing feminine art form you know this kind mm-hmm. of um narrative that sometimes gets pushed Um and so I think for those people it was really hard to accept that belly dance could cause injury in people but I think also some people thought I was trying to tell people that belly dancing was harmful and that wasn't it either this was not mm-hmm. it was everything is potentially injurious, including walking. Um, so yeah, it was more looking at what are the risk factors. So that that is probably the first place I've kind of experienced pushback. But apart from that, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, there are some dancers I meet who come to me for programs who tell me the reason they started dancing was because they didn't like traditional forms of exercise. And now they've kind of realize they need something to support their dance so I hear a lot of that um, but often my response to that is you know there's there are so many different ways to train the same um, energy systems or to train the same muscle groups you don't you know a lot of people think oh, I have to run or I have to do this but there's always an alternative so mm-hmm. I like to work with people to Fit what they like as well. Mm-hmm. I might have gone on a tangent. <laughs> no,
0: and it's not a tangent. You have <laughs> no good. Um, I always tell dancers, I've been harping on this for years, that it's so important to cross train, mm. and not necessarily that you have to be doing fifty squats a day or things like that. No. But even if you find another dance class that you like, you never know what kind of activities or strength exercising, like building routines that class is going to offer you, that's going to make you strengthen your own body in a different way. So, because we can get into this habit of in belly dance, we're doing the same thing and it's routine, but if we push ourselves just even 10% to try something else in a different way, that it's, it's really beneficial for even just how you approach some movements and your overall health. So um, I figured there would be some potential pushback from people that believe belly dance is the the healing of uh yeah. of, of the dance world but,
1: and I've been asked to speak in some places about this particularly as well actually um because there is kind of a lot of the lay literature out there that that talks about how how amazing this dance form is for a lot of different things but sometimes there's just not the research there and it's not necessarily that these people are wrong it's that we just don't know yet but um I would just say yes i would i would definitely agree that cross training and other styles of dance forms can be really helpful especially i think because different dance forms train different or highlight different aspects of technique Mm -hmm. and so that can really enrich our belly dance but i would say that when it comes to actual strength training it does need to be targeted strength training to Mm -hmm. build strength rather than like dance really falls into the aerobic exercise category. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that's obviously important as well, and I, and I agree that training in different dance styles puts us through different movement patterns, which is also super helpful for our bodies. Um, we, we do know that after age 30, we start losing muscle mass and especially as women who we're much more likely to end up with things like osteoporosis. We Mm -hmm. need to do weight-bearing exercise and we need to do strengthening exercise Mm -hmm. for our muscles.
0: Mm -hmm, For sure. And what's the number one mistake you see dancers make when it comes to approaching then cross training and strength training? Is there a common injury that results of people pushing themselves too quickly too fast <laughs> too too much at once or what is the, what is the most common mistake then that you see when you work with dancers when they try this?
1: and do you mean specifically with cross training or with dance
0: um I would well both yeah if they're if they're just dancing and then if they're like okay I need to do more and then they try something else
1: yeah okay then I think you know for both sides actually that and and this isn't just dances this is with all the athletes I work with and rehab clients Mm. as well. It's a a loading issue. It's a progression issue. So this is what I see. Often dancers who come to me and tell me that they've had an injury in belly dance, it's been at an intensive belly dance weekend. So Mm. it's a spike in load. Um, So we know that the body can adapt really well to exercise. It's it's a stress really, and and it adapts well to the stress. But... You have to it's a thing called progressive overload. We have to build it up over time and that helps our body learn, ah, oh, I need to get stronger to be able to to handle this stress. Mm-hmm. But if we are, for example, you know, doing one dance class per week, which is an hour long, and then maybe practicing a few times per week, and then all of a sudden we go and dance for eight hours a day for three days at a festival, then that is that is serious overload mm-hmm. for a lot of the yeah, the musculoskeletal system, and then that is often where we see injury happen because it hasn't been that progressive overload that actually results in increased strength. It's just a sudden amount of training that, um, yeah, it, it results in fatigue, and then that's when the muscles get tired. You know, I don't know for anyone who's listening if they've done a lot of squats in the gym, and the next day they're walking and their knee kind of like it's like you can't walk properly your knee kind of falls because you're so tired Mm -hmm. in a way (laughs) that's the same thing that can happen Mm -hmm. when you're you're overtraining your body just doesn't have the 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 energy and the strength in that moment to support you so that's when you're more susceptible to injury Mm -hmm. and this is also when we see a lot of these stress injuries come up like shin splints um often like plantar fasciitis things like that where people have just um They've, they've increased their load quickly and then they've kept going with it without giving themselves a break. So it's usually loading issues that I see a problem with. And how much then would you recommend,
0: let's say per day for uh, dancers to, to train?
1: Okay, that totally depends on where the dancer is right now with their training. Um, so we usually say, we look at things usually as a weekly load, so, how much you're training in a standard week. And we usually say don't increase by more than 5 to 10% each week. So if at the moment you're not doing anything, you do want to start really low and progress slow. This is kind of my, my slogan when people are starting out. Start low, progress slow. Um, and so for some people who come to me, especially right now with the pandemic, I have a lot of people coming to me for personalized programs who are saying I haven't done anything for six months um you know I've been working from home I've been sedentary I've had no reason to dance Mm because and so some people I'm starting off with just 10 minutes a day of you know 10 minutes a day of dance the next day 10 minutes of strength something like that 10 minutes of cardio um but I mean we we have we have guidelines for what is recommended for health and that's you know minimum 30 minutes a day of moderate exercise and it it is important to know that that is also a minimum um, for every day because really our bodies are made to move our bodies are not made to stay in the same position Mm -hmm. for too long and this is where I see a lot of the pain come from people working who are sitting in desk jobs all day and not changing position but um, I also (laughs) like to emphasize for people because I know Our lives have just gotten busier and busier over the last I don't know how long. Mm -hmm. I like to emphasize as well that something is always better than nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, I have some clients who come to me and train with me just one-on-one for 60 minutes a week, and that's all they do. And I still see strength gains for them, Mm -hmm. you know. So you want to be realistic, but I do subscribe to the idea that more often is better than a longer duration, if possible. Does that make sense?
0: So a little bit every day versus one go a
1: week. Yes, definitely, definitely. Especially if you're someone who is um, experiencing pain in your body, you're Mm -hmm. usually going to find that more frequent exercise makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, where where possible, I would like to see uh, for strength, dancers doing specific strength training at least two times a week um yeah that would be where i would start so what's the most without
0: knowing a specific person's uh pain points basically Mm -hmm. but what would you then say okay in general this is the type of strength exercise i think most dancers could benefit from sure two or three times a week what would that be
1: so in general um just for health as well in longevity we say eight to ten different exercises all the major muscle groups um and to be honest most of these major muscle groups hit the kind of most important areas for belly dancers Um, for belly dancers your quads are really important your front thigh muscles because we spend a lot of time with bent knees and so the Mm. quads work really hard to um stop us from falling essentially (laughs) so Mm. it's quite a quad dominant dance Um, but, and I've spoken about this on other podcasts too. Um, I often see because of that, that belly dancers can have weak hamstrings Mm -hmm. um, because if they're not doing specific hamstring training, then we're kind of overworking the quads. So to prevent any um, muscle imbalance related injuries, it's really important that we strengthen the hamstrings. So that's the rear thigh as well. Um, And then, Calves, strengthening your calves are super important because of all the time we spend in releve Mm -hmm. and also just for protecting the ankle, because in general, um, we want to strengthen the muscles that cross a joint. If we want to protect the joints, the calves are really important around the ankle. Um, And then calves, hamstrings, quads are really great for the knees. Um, And a lot of people, not just belly dancers, but a lot of people see knee issues arise as they get older, Mm -hmm. if they're not strengthening. Um, and then I am a big fan of triceps and deltoids. So this is shoulder and back of the arm for dances for arm work. If you do a really big intensive, um, for belly dance, those are probably the muscles that you're going to feel get tired when you have to keep your arms up all day. (laughs) Um, so for, for things like shoulders and triceps, it's, it's easy to do things like push ups or if you have, um, weights at home. Things like a shoulder press, um, quads, as I was talking about earlier, you can do lunges and squats for people with knee injuries. There are always alternatives as well. Calves, you can do calf raises, um, hamstrings, things like your your bridge, kind of like what you do in yoga. Um, yeah, those are probably good starting points, I would say.
0: And most of these, you don't even need weights. So anyone that's listening no. is like, oh, I don't have a gym.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely, a lot of stuff can be done with body weight. Um, uh, I do I do a full challenge with people at home with body weight, specifically for belly dancers, actually. But the thing you do have to be careful with with body weight exercises is that you're still strengthening both sides of the body. Because often what I see um, with some clients who do mainly body weight work is that they end up stronger on they end up with some muscle imbalances because it's always easier to do an upper body push with a push up. It's always easier to do squats and lunges on the lower body than it is to work the hamstrings. Mm-hmm. So, just making sure that if you are doing body weight exercises, you're still selecting things that leave your body balanced. So, if you're working one side of the body, we want to work the other.
0: Mm-hmm. And what advice then do you have for dancers who want to start strength training and doing these exercises? but they don't know where to start or how to start building the habit. What would you say then to start with this in order to build this?
1: Um, I'm So there, there are a couple of things when it, when it comes to building a habit, you need to really remind yourself in the beginning. So I often tell dancers to have something like post-it notes around the house or to leave Um, You know, if there's someone who wants to run, they'd leave their running shoes out or something like that to see, to have a visual reminder. But what can also be helpful is tacking it onto an already existing habit. So if you already have a habit of doing your dance training, for example, 30 minutes after work every night, then you could either tack your strength work on immediately before your dance practice or immediately after, Mm -hmm. um, it's a good idea to to link things to pre-existing habits in your schedule. Um, and I quite like doing strength training before a dance session, just because I also use it as a way to get me a little bit warmer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to see what works for you as well.
0: Are you ready for the, I'm going to just call this the, the non-lightning lightning round. <laughs> I have no better name for this. Um, you have as much time as you want to answer okay. the question. This is why it's the non-lightning lightning round. Good.
1: <laughs> Fabulous. Yes.
0: So fill in the blank or finish the sentence. Okay. The biggest struggle I face in belly dance is, and the best way I'm overcoming that struggle is. So the oh. biggest struggle and how you're overcoming it.
1: Okay. The biggest struggle I face in belly dance is feeling like I won't, okay, no, no, (laughs) it's procrastinating (laughs) on starting certain projects, especially choreographies that I really want to do a good job of. But the good thing is I've realized that it's because I want to do a good job on it. And there's this little voice inside that says, maybe you won't do it well enough. And I've started countering that voice with, you don't know until you try. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then the second I get up and I actually start doing the work, I feel better. So actually one of the ways I Um, conquer this is uh, every Monday I dance no matter what because I don't usually dance on the weekends unless I'm teaching or hosting an event and if I get myself started on a Monday and I start the project again and I remind myself oh yeah actually I'm enjoying this and I'm doing well that keeps me on a roll.
0: I think that has to do with anyone that's a bit of a perfectionist right you want to have it perfect and you're like you're not sure if you can get to that perfection so why even start but that's Mm -hmm. such a dangerous place to be in mentally uh, because then you never start anything yes um yeah my favorite belly dance memory is
1: okay I I think I have a lot (laughs) (laughs) but I think the first thing that came to mind is yeah my favorite belly dance memory is being at Aziza of Montreal's Dream Camp. I, I think my favorite memory is sitting out either on the dock. They have this dock that looks over um, Lac Raymond in Moran in Quebec. It's this lake. And I often just go there. I make big life decisions when I'm at Dream Camp. <laughs> it's really <laughs> great because I get to just dance all day and then also have time for myself and then also connect with dancers in the evening. And I also have really nice memories of doing Zill hikes there. So going hiking and playing finger cymbals. Um, yeah. I don't know if I can pick a specific memory, but dream camp is my happy place. You're not the
0: first person to say that.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> so yeah. Oh, I've heard some, I, from so many dancers. They love dream
0: camp. It's on I my can't list rave about it go. enough. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Aziza, if you're listening, people love your dream camp. <laughs> The one thing I'd love to offer the belly dance community is.
1: Oh, wow. Hmm. You know, I think something that I've been getting more and more interested in is how to support other dancers, both within my own community and in the wider community Mm -hmm. Um, because I think sometimes there can be this competitive mindset amongst like between other dancers and I feel that we all do so much better when we support each other and I don't know I've just had some thoughts bubbling away in the back of my mind about how can we support each other Mm -hmm. So this is not a very clear answer, but I've been thinking about, yeah, how can I nurture not only students, but how can I support my peers in the community Mm -hmm. as well?
0: I think when we start thinking of each other as coworkers and colleagues, I think that changes the mindset rather than this is my competition because no one, no one is exactly like you. And as a teacher, If you're not sending people to other workshops, then you're doing it wrong. I mean, even in my own workshop this past weekend, I told people to go check out Delicious Pauses by Rosa Noreen. Shout out to Rosa, hey.
1: And um,
0: (laughs) it's little things like that. I, I don't feel I'm in competition with any dancer because I know I'm different in my own, just in my own experiences, and this person's different, and there's something to learn from everyone. Absolutely. So there's no reason to feel like you're you have to hold on so tightly to what you've learned and your knowledge and and you can't share that with anyone unless it gets to this point or that point or I don't know I just feel like when I first started dance that was the mentality around it was very competitive it was a very competitive mindset of well this person has this and I'm not going to say this to their students and it's just like if your students are there for you and they love and they dig what you're doing, no one else is going to make them change them. And it's only, it's only going to support the community to shout out other dancers that you Mm -hmm. admire, because they're going to think, wow, this person that I love is loving this other dancers work. Then I'm going to go check them out. Yes. So I think it only benefits us.
1: I think I was lucky in that I was never really in a super competitive community. I've been in, in belly dance communities that have been, um really driven but really supportive of each other but every now and then I feel that there is you know I think it's like this in every community there's like Mm -hmm. a little a pocket of Mm -hmm. or maybe a school that kind of has that thought more um but yeah in in general I've been thinking about this and especially because something I think about is how um Oh, gosh I can't even remember who wrote this someone wrote maybe it was Abigail Keys I feel like she writes a blog that I read from time to time I'm not sure if it was her I'll have to look it up someone wrote a blog about how um belly dance schools you know we we or, or festivals we always bring in the really big names and mm. then are we supporting our local community and so that's something yes. I've been thinking about what can I create that Um, ensures that the local community earns what they should be earning as well.
0: Reach this topic. I've ranted and read like about this before where when it comes to who do you want to support, Mm. it's mind boggling to me that we as dancers and, and event hosts and teachers, we look around, well, well, I don't know how to support these people. And it's like, we are the ones that influence the standard there's no Mm -hmm. outside influence necessarily for this like we're very niche so who we put on stage and who we put on festivals and promos and that's who gets the job so that's you know it's your job to look at how can I promote these people that perhaps are lesser known but I really like them as a person as a teacher they're really good and it's just mind-boggling to me that we've gone decades of promoting big names only. And then we look around and we're upset by what we've created. And we've all taken part in this. Myself, yourself, you know, we've all been um, a part of this. And it's just mind-boggling to me that we kind of were like, well, we don't know how we got here. And it's like, well, we do know how we got here and we Mm -hmm. all played some part in it and it's time to change things. So yeah, definitely support your local uh, dancers and not just the big, not saying that the big names aren't worth depending on who it is not saying that they're not worth taking workshops with of course but no
1: for sure there's so many amazing dancers that I continue to travel to learn with and want to support as well yeah but it's it's um you know I think I'm also thinking of more grassroots things Mm -hmm. like um when I lived in Montreal there was this awesome, and they've just restarted it again. So for anyone listening who's in Montreal or near Montreal, you have to check this out. Although I know things are different now with COVID, um, it was this thing called Cabaret Alamar, and it was um, this biweekly show in a restaurant where two dancers would perform. So one would do the first set, and one would do the second. And it changed every second week, and it gave all of these dancers who didn't have regular restaurant gigs a chance to perform and be seen by not only the local community who might want to take classes with them but also by obviously the restaurant owners who hired dancers on other nights as well and they got paid really well so I don't know I just think of stuff like this what can I do that actually Mm -hmm. gives income and fuels dancers Mm -hmm. love it Siobhan thank you so
0: much where can people find you
1: People can find me on uh, www.greenstonebellydance.com because I run Greenstone Belly Dance. Um, I'm also at Greenstone Belly Dance on Instagram. And then I'm also on Twitter and Facebook with variations of Greenstone Belly Dance. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks everyone that was listening. Go check her
0: out. And until next time.